0: You know this week is uh, has a special day in it. It's Pearl Harbor Day, and we in our church have a member that was there on that day. There are very, very few uh, folks around. Ed, how many are there left? Oh, less, than thousand, less than a thousand all over the world. Ed Sosa, stand up, brother. We want to give you a hand. We had a great uh, crowd in our early service today. A couple joined with us, uh, Ron and Phyllis. I'm not real sure how to pronounce their last name, but they're really, or something like that. That's close. Uh, They're really nice folks. I want you to meet them. Ron has his doctorate in theology. She's a lawyer. They're just real sharp uh, folks that have been in ministry for years and years. And uh, it's a real joy, of course, to have them join our family. Today, I'm going to do a little deeper sermon. So if anybody goes to sleep right beside you, <laughs> give them the elbow. We don't want them sleeping. They've got to stay right with it today or they'll get lost. So, all right. We're in 1 Corinthians, the second chapter. Uh, beginning uh, with the last half of verse 8. So now everybody get with me and leave your Bible on your lap today because we're going to go verse by verse, point by point, and it's really sort of an in-depth passage that we need to talk about together. So that's what we're going to do. Well, let's begin in the latter part of verse 8. If they had known what they were doing they would not have crucified the Lord of glory as it is written verse 9 I hath not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him but God has revealed them to us through his spirit for the spirit searches all things yes the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except the spirit of the man which is in him? Even so, no one knows the things of God except the spirit of God. Today, as we think together about this passage, I want you to realize that there are some things that are very, very important that we are called upon to... Uh, Teach our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren. And I hope uh, today as we learn these things, some of you perhaps uh, know everything that I'm going to say, but uh, some of you probably don't. So I want you to get it today and use it in your ministry, not only to your family, but in folks that come to you and say, you know, I've been reading 1 Corinthians, I don't understand this. So you'll have it. You'll know it. And uh, I want you to feel real uh, good about being able to share the truth of this passage of Scripture. The Scripture says, latter part of verse 8, If they had known what they were doing, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. Now I want you to get this picture in your mind. Here's Jesus on the cross. Down at his feet, there are some of the soldiers. They are bargaining, gambling for Jesus' robe. Now, how much of irony is that? I mean, here is the Lord of all, the only Son of God, the only one that brings us into glory, the only one that created everything that is. These guys are eight feet, maybe ten feet away from him on the cross, and they're down here piddling around with gambling. You know, sometimes people in America today, they'll travel four or five hours to go hear some rock star or something like that, and when they get there and they start singing the songs along with the artist, uh, they know every word of the songs that the artist is going to sing, and they sing along with them. I see that at the Strawberry Festival every year. The folks down toward the front, they're singing along. They know all the words, to all the songs that the artist is presenting. Well, all of the words of that artist don't add up much when you compare them to these words. These words are about the Lord of glory, about our Savior, the risen Lord Jesus. Well, it says uh, in verse 9, but the hidden wisdom has been revealed. Now, the political leaders back in that day, it wasn't revealed to them. They didn't know what they were doing. They were just as ignorant as those people that were down on the ground before the cross uh, gambling for the robe of Jesus. The political leader said, we've got to get this over with. There's a lot of dissension about this guy. We've got to get him crucified so we can move on in calm and peace. That was their attitude. They didn't know who they were dealing with. They did not know the significance of Jesus Christ. They did not know the implications of what they were doing. And they just went ahead and did what seemed like the right thing to do. They had done it many, many times, I'm sure a hundred times before this. And so they just carried on with business as usual, not taking into account the Savior of all mankind was right in their midst. Now today, when people take the Lord's name in vain, you know, it doesn't seem like they know. In fact, I, I believe they, they don't know in any uh, form or, or setting. They, they don't know what they're doing. You know, the Lord is right around us. I mean, he is everywhere. He's omnipresent. And when you say something, taking the Lord's name in vain, the Lord is right beside you. And he hears that. And, and he's thinking, you know, this person has this view of me. He used my name in cursing. I mean, it's just unbelievable. The ignorance of the people at the foot of the cross, the ignorance of the political leaders of that day, and the ignorance of people today that do not honor and hold up the name of our Lord. Well, verse 9 says, in the words of Scripture, things which I never saw and which ear never heard and never entered in to the mind of man. All the things that God prepared, now he prepared these things in secret. You've heard of the messianic secret. The messianic secret was that Jesus did not want to be revealed. Folks, there's somebody walking around outside there that looks like they can't get in. Would somebody let them in? That'd be good. (laughs) They might like the next part of this sermon. (laughs) I don't know. But we want them to come in. God had prepared in secret uh, some things called the Messianic secret. Jesus did not want everybody to know who he was. Early on in his ministry, because he knew that that would have led him uh, to Calvary earlier than he wanted to go. He wanted to have time to train all of his disciples completely, get them ready for full-fledged ministry. He wanted to have the opportunity to demonstrate the power that he had by the healing of the lepers, by the raising of the dead, by doing all of these unbelievable things that he could do so that there would be no question, no question about him being the Son of God, the Messiah that the Jews were waiting on. Well, uh, these are secret things up until this time in Scripture, up until in the Gospels it comes to the time of the resurrection, and then the secret is made known, and we know, and they knew, but of course, not everybody uh, believes it, not everybody stands for it. Well, when I was uh, growing up, uh, my mother made a little plate of food for me every day when I was coming home from grammar school, from the first grade through the sixth grade. Every single day, my mother, who loved me, uh, made a plate of food. I had a peanut butter sandwich with mayonnaise on top of the peanut butter, (laughs) jelly on top of that, uh, white bread. She would peel an apple. She would cut off a slice of banana nut bread, which I loved, and there would be two Fig Newtons. And that was it. That was on the plate. had the same thing every day for six years. And I loved it. I loved it. About 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I was thinking, you know, in just an hour and a half, I'm going to get a peanut butter sandwich. I'd start thinking about that. The last hour of my school life in grammar school, I didn't get much out of. Because I was thinking about what had been prepared by those that loved me for me. Now, in our text today, uh, it's kind of pointing out the things in verse 9 that God has prepared for those that love him. Those that love him. It doesn't say those that know him. It says those that love him. Paul does not say that these treasures are prepared for those that know God but for those that are deeply in love with him because of his sacrifice, because of his ministry, because of his words, his teaching, all of the wonderful things that our Lord did. Not the gnosis that was floating around during that day, Uh, The Gnostics were people that thought there was another whole realm of knowledge above what all the Christians of that day thought. They thought they were way up here and all the other Christians were down here. And so they spread that lie. They said, now listen, if you don't know what the Greek philosophers all said and meant, and if you don't have the writings of all the scholarly people of all the ages, and if you don't know what we think, then you're way down here. And we want to raise you up into the wonderful area of gnosis, of knowing everything, knowing all the significant things uh, that you need to know to be a Christian. Well, of course, Paul didn't believe that, didn't teach that, didn't preach that. He had something totally different on his mind. Now, here's the question. It says, for those... That love God, the secret was made known. The opportunity was open. The door was open. Now the question for us today is do we love God? Really love God? Or do we just know about him? Have we read 14 books or maybe 13 books? Have we read a lot of books about God? And we know a lot of things. We know a lot of things about Jesus. We know a lot of things about the Holy Spirit. We know these things. Well, that's not what the scripture says will be a blessing unto you. The scripture says in our text today that you have to love the Lord. Now, do we love the Lord? You know, somebody that you love, you think of every day. Every single day. You know, one of the ways in which we kind of renew this in our lives every day is to say a blessing over every meal. One of the ways that we do it is we have a time of Bible study and prayer together with our family or by ourselves or with a friend or over the phone with a friend. We keep the Lord in front of us because we love him. We want to be close to him. We want him to know that we love him. That's what the scripture today is talking about. He has prepared for us some wonderful things for those that know him. God has prepared for us peace. A lot of people don't have any peace. They're all worried about uh, all the financial situations that they're in. They're worried about the health uh, issues that they have. They're worried about if their husband or wife really loves them. They're worried about if their kids love them, their grandkids love them. They're worried about whether this tax thing is going to get through Congress and the Senate. They're worried about where they're going to be when the tax bills come. They're worried about this and that and 17 million other things. They're worried. They're fretting. They're stewing. They don't have the peace that God can give. That's one of the things that God has prepared for those that love him. Also, joy. Now, I'm not talking about a a giddy, silly laugh. I'm not talking about something superficial. I'm talking about a real joy in your heart and in your life. I'm talking about a joy that can only come because of your relationship to our Savior. What about no pain? Now, I'm not talking about physical pain. I'm talking about the pain that comes when your life is going down, when your life is falling right in front of you, when things are just going in in all the different directions and you feel like, well, this is the end for me. This is horrible. This is terrible. And you're in tremendous stress, tremendous mental pain. One of the gifts that God has for us is no pain. For those that love him. No anxiety. For those, the scripture says, that love him. Verse 10. To us did God reveal them. Talking about the secrets. Did he reveal through his spirit. Through the Holy Spirit. Now, man himself cannot find out about the truth of God. You can read all the books you want, and you're never going to know all about God. He is not going to share with you the purposes of his ministry if you do not love him. Not just know about him, but love him. That's what the scripture's saying. Man cannot find out about God, about his purposes. Only the Spirit of God can teach us those things. Now, when we go to church or when we're in a Bible study group and the invitation is given, there are some people that are in great uh, in a great battle in their heart, in their mind, in their soul. I grew up going to revivals in Tennessee. I went to all kinds of revivals and I would notice that some of the people were just holding on to the pew in front of them as hard as they could because the preacher was just wailing away that they were going to go to hell if they didn't do this and that. And uh, there was a great uh, consternation in their hearts about it all. You know, it it doesn't have to be like that. If you just kind of bend your knee and your heart to the Lord and say, Lord, I don't know all about everything. But I know that your, Christ, your son Christ came and died for me, was buried, and rose again for me. And I believe in him, and I believe in you. And I want to be a part of the family of faith. That's all you need is just to say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, I believe. Well, uh, the Spirit of God can make known things which are the deep things of God. Uh, verse uh, 10 says the spirit teaches out all things even the deep things of God the spirit of God brings out the meaning of the text of scripture that you're studying that you're looking at at home at church in bible study wherever it might be until you love God his Spirit is not within you and is not assisting you in understanding you, guiding you to the understanding of that passage so that you can appropriate it to the folks that you know. That's, that's what uh, verse 10 is saying. He bring, the Spirit of God brings out the meaning of what God has given to us. Now, we all have the same teacher. The same teacher is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit teaches all of us, that's one of the functions of the Holy Spirit, is to make clear, to make plain the Word of God, the actions of God, what's going on in the world, and as we trust in the Lord, He brings to us some perception to all of that that we've never had before, and we begin to understand things. I've mentioned a number of times that the first little church I pastored was a little country church, had about... 200 people in it, and uh, some of the greatest Christians I've ever known were in that church. Uh, They were not well educated, they were not sophisticated in any sense, but they were godly people. They loved God, they prayed to God, they lifted up Jesus every day of their lives. It was just wonderful. I was way behind all of them, and I was the pastor. That's a bad situation when you're way behind uh, the folks in the church. Well, I was. I was way behind. There were some real spiritual giants in, uh, in that church. Men supposed that they could find out all about God by reading something. doesn't work that way. Men thought that they could plumb the depths of his being, and they could find out everything they wanted to know. You can't do it. The Holy Spirit has to teach you, and the Holy Spirit wants to teach you. But you've got to be responsive to his leading in your heart and mind and soul. Paul does not share these Gnostic convictions, obviously. For him, there is no more profound truth in all the world than the message of the cross. If we know the message of the cross, then we're a part of the family of God. We're in there. We're in. Our name is on the Lamb's book of life forever and ever. We don't have to worry about that. Only the Spirit can of himself know and then communicate the truth about God. Look at verse 11. For what human agency or what man or who among men knows the inward truth about a man's about a man, except the man's spirit. Now, what is the man's spirit? That is the spirit of God that comes into every believer. The day that you become a Christian, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart, into your life, into your mind, into your soul, and never leaves. From that point on, you are never, ever alone. Some people say to me, I am so alone. I am so alone. And I want to say, no, you're really not. You know the Lord. You've walked with the Lord. You pray to the Lord. The Lord is with you every moment of every day of every decade of your life without any question, without any question. In the same way, no one knows or has ever known the inward truths about God except the spirit of God. Teaches and leads. Apart, therefore, from the Spirit of God, man remains in ignorance of God and of his wise purpose for the world. God has a game plan, always has had, always will have, and he wants you to take part in his game plan. Everybody here this morning has at least one spiritual gift. Some of you have many spiritual gifts. Your gift might be singing. If God gave you that gift for crying out loud, you ought to be in the choir. You know, if God gave you the gift of teaching, you communicate well, you ought to be teaching somewhere. You know, if you have that gift, if God has called you to preach, you ought to be preaching. If God has called you to be a mechanic, your mind works in a certain way and you can fix things. You can just look at something and know what's wrong with it and then fix it. Most of us can't do that. I can't fix anything. Cindy fixes everything that's broken at our house. I can't fix anything. Well, you know, we all have a spiritual gift, every one of us. And we need to be using that, king, that gift to forward the program, the process that God, there's another lady that's trying to get in. People are, people are trying to get in. I hate that the door's locked. Well, verse 12, we did not receive the spirit of the world, but the spirit that comes from God, the spirit that comes from God. To us who have become Christians, God gave his spirit that we might know the things that God has freely given to us didn't cost us anything. We just had to place our faith and trust in him. Paul is not speaking only of the future, but also of the present life. These wonderful gifts that God has are given to us now, right now. We have them. It's not something that, you know, that's a guess world in the second life. We have these gifts now. Once you trust in Christ, you got it. You got it. And you'll have it forever. And then, of course, when you go to heaven, uh, the, the venue will open wide up and you'll be able to see a whole lot more things that will be beyond your imagination, the scripture says. But you have many of these things now that we can enjoy and that we can hold up before the Lord. You know, some of you here, well, let me just ask, how many of you here Maybe you're a nurse. Maybe you're a medical doctor. How many of you here today, maybe you just got caught in the situation where you had to deliver a baby? How many of you here have delivered a baby? I see one, two, three. Any baby deliverers? (laughs) All right, just three of you. But think what a wonderful thing that is to deliver a baby. And you think to yourself, you know, if I hadn't been here, that baby might have died. You know, if I hadn't been here, if I hadn't done this, if I hadn't been in the right place at the right time, this wouldn't have happened. Well, you know what? When you lead somebody to Christ, some of you have the gift. You've been a salesman all your life. If you've been a salesman all your life and you are a Christian person, then you have the gift of witnessing because you can can push the product forward. You can push the Lord Jesus forward so that people can hear and understand. The greatest uh, salesmen are the greatest... Through the years, I've had a lot of great, great salesmen in, in my church. And many of those people... It's just natural to them to go out and talk to people. There's no hesitation. They're not embarrassed. They're not afraid to do it. They just go out and and share the gospel. It's very easy for them. Some people can't do that. It's just not in them. Well, if you've ever helped deliver a baby, think what it's like to lead somebody to Christ. And they are born again. They're born again. Right in front of you, they are born again. And you're the doctor, you're the nurse, you are the one that was there. You are the one that facilitated the process of that person coming in to the kingdom of God. And I'm hoping and praying that those of you that have that spiritual gift would use it as often as you possibly can. Because that's the only way that we are going to turn our ungodly society around. It's the only way that it's going to happen. Well, if you're here today and you'd like to trust in Christ, take a stand for him. If you're here today, you already know the Lord. You're already walking with the Lord. You need a church home. We'd love to have you come and join with us and stand with us and join in to the purpose that we're trying to live out. We're trying to have a ministry literally around the world as we support missionaries all over the world as we help people here in the local area, we help various homes and various entities that are doing Christian ministry. Come and join us and help us to do that which God has called all of us to do. I'll be standing down here at the front. If the Lord leads you, you just slip out, slip forward, take a stand for Christ today.